Hello, everyone, and a special welcome to Borderless Live on LinkedIn. My name is Andrew Chris, and this is our regular glance at executive life and international business and careers. So let's get on with it. Well, you know, if you're one of the 65,000 executives with whom we're in regular contact, um, you'll know that Borderless is a three-legged business. Uh, our search expertise is founded around just three domains, the chemical value chain that some people prefer to call industrials, the food and beverage sector, and of course, life sciences. If you think this is an odd bunch, think again. In reality, there's so much continuity and interdependence across these domains. It's because they have a great deal in common. They're all highly regulated. They all depend on the most stringent health, safety, and environmental standards, and each has a very visible set of fresh challenges and preoccupations, much of that driven by the need to operate sustainably. And of course, this has a direct impact on the quality and motivation and experience and expertise of all of the executives in these sectors. It's been our experience and has become very visible in recent times that a leader's ability to understand and deal with sustainability is already impacting individual executive careers, as well as, of course, influencing any company's ability to attract investors. At best, uh, being at ease on sustainability and understanding the requirements and what to do is at best career-enhancing, and if not, it's a complete opposite. For many in the chemical industry in particular, dealing with sustainability has become truly an existential issue. And if you're in the polymer sector, well, that's really quite worrisome. But more on that perhaps in our upcoming podcast in the new year. For this moment, let's deal with the food industry first. Uh, this week's been the food ingredients showtime in Paris, uh, high, highlighting many of the changes for the food and beverage sectors. Number one at the top of the list for so many at the show was how to eliminate food waste. Juan Aguirino of Carry Foods, a good friend of Borderless, explained this dimension of the problem. He says, look, you may be shocked to hear this, but there's enough food thrown away each day to feed 2 billion people. In some places, as much as 50% of food goes to waste. In the EU alone, uh, from everything we've read on the subject, wonderful report, by the way, by Feedback EU, food waste is costing 143 billion euros a year. This clearly is not socially acceptable. It's not economically acceptable and is certainly not sustainable. Our colleague, uh, Brian Hughes, who's a borderless partner, he's been reporting to us from the parish show, keeping us all up to date. And he says it's not just the largest organizations that are looking to solve the problem of food waste, adding to the loud voices. And by the way, the $2 million, excuse me, what am I saying? $2 million, $2 billion pledge by the Bezos Earth Fund to deal with food waste. These are occupying the brightest minds, and spawning some of the most innovative startups in the business. 
Uh, one particular organization, which is backed by EIT Food, is a company called Inomi, which provided a great example in their keynote at the Paris show. They're developing edible coatings and films for food preservation, also for convenience food recipes. Indeed, earlier this year, Tetra Pak reported uh, their partnership with another uh, biotech startup, a company called Enzyme, which is a cell-free biomanufacturing process developer. So a long word to say, but that's what they're doing. It's just one of many treading the same very positive path on food waste. I don't want to sound like a Scrooge here, but we're entering into a period uh, where many countries and societies are moving into a time of feasting and year-end celebrations. Um, so perhaps it's a good moment to reflect purely on the sustainability challenges posed by food waste. Have fun, think about the waste, and take a look what the world is doing about it. Well, moving on to my next love, the pharmaceutical industry. Well, here too, there's some huge challenges, and sustainability in one form or another is a core issue. Driven more often than by not, excuse me, driven more often than not by some impending healthcare reforms and, of course, financial strictures in many, many economies. For example, now we have a growing number of private insurers and the healthcare regulators who are looking to connect reimbursement for products, pharma products, and for medical devices, and also using new product approvals as a way to manage outcomes. Providers, as well as healthcare regulators and private insurers, are looking for real value for their strained budgets. Borderless pharma and devices clients alike uh, are relating to us that regulators and payers almost across all economies are looking for risk-sharing agreements. Now, these not only are intended to reduce the cost of new therapies, but also minimize the overall cost and societal value and impact of treatments. So they're also enabling much closer monitoring of patient welfare as a consequence. Not that long ago, uh, well, I was saddened to have a discussion with an executive team in a medical devices producer um, who, when asked what their comp, com excuse me, who, when asked what their competition was, no one mentioned the likes of Apple, Google, or one of the other many other digital platforms. Well, that was a handful of years ago, but I'm really hoping that's changed by today. The sheer eye-watering investments being made in the digitalization of medical care, as well as in devices enabled by digital technology, poses a real challenge for current life sciences incumbents. Uh, we've in fact observed the emergence of an entirely new subsector. This is with digital startups already innovating with innovators in the life sciences industry, working very closely together. They're collaborating directly, but also with the support of new organizations that have turned, turned things around, like Pharma Stars. This is led by another friend of ours called Naomi Fried and also her partner, Laura Gunn. One of their first tasks, as they explained to us, is actually to help life sciences researchers and digital techies learn how to talk to each other. 
they don't necessarily speak the same language. And that's an important thing to learn before innovation can truly start. So we're pretty confident that a lot of these partnerships will flourish. And indeed, with that, the executive talent that emerges will certainly be very, very different. I have different skills, and I can guarantee they'll be in high demand. So the challenge for us, of course, to recognize who you are, where you are, and how your career can accelerate as a result of these new skills. We're going to look out for your emergence in early 2023. So that's about all I have to say on this topic now. But let's see, any questions uh, uh, turning up for us here? Uh, Rana says, staying on top of new trends is a full-time job. How can an executive keep informed? Well, what are you reading today? I just come off a conversation right now with uh, one of my colleagues. We're talking about, you know, how what should I really be reading to stay up to date on what's going on in the world? Uh, I, other than the obvious, you know, I'm sure many of us read the uh, the Financial Times or, or whatever major local paper you have if you want to keep on top of what's going on beyond your locality. Uh, Certainly one thing which I've been reading for many, many years now, which for me is still the most wonderful thing to learn about what's happening in the world at large and not just economics, and that is The Economist. I think that's a wonderful thing to read, hugely informative, not only on politics, economics, but also especially so on technology. So I would really recommend a really good read. And you can't go far wrong from subscribing either to the Borderless News Feed. We'll do a lot of the searching for you on stuff that's important for you in your sector, as well as much more broadly based articles on uh, the future's uh, look, look at sustainabilities and leadership in particular. You'll find that in the weekly Borderless Newsfeed, that's with you every Monday. Sign up on that on the Borderless website. We'll have a link for that somewhere in the comments section of this, uh, of this uh, LinkedIn session. Okay, what's next? Uh, I see here, sustainability is a key trend across all industries. How are you approaching sustainability? Well, you know, as we've just said, you know, the whole issue of sustainability is really at the root of much of what uh, our clients are doing in the three sectors that are important to us uh, and elsewhere, of course. Uh, but, you know, we feel that is one thing to just con constantly talk about this topic and also bring in executives who handle sustainability. But, you know, people ask you, well, you know, I know you're a consultant. Consultant, do you eat your own advice? Well, we certainly do. Um, I want you to know that uh, this year, probably our proudest moment was to be awarded an EcoVadis Bronze Award. EcoVadis is a super organization that is well known to everybody in our sectors. And they, they really produce some really meaningful validation of the extent to which companies are sustainable in their efforts and the efforts they're making. Really lots of good advice, but really good is become one of the standards to match up to on sustainability. And Borderless is a, an Ecovadis awarded business. Bronze rating this year, we're working extremely hard to get to a, a silver rating during 23. But I want you to know, you know, we're not a manufacturing business. We manufacture uh, 
hopefully lots of good opportunities and uh, talk to an awful lot of people in the business. But if you want to be part of a business, you better know what's going on and no better way than do it yourself. This is what we've done. So um, it is an uh, imp- important topic. That's how we're approaching it at Bordless. And I hope that many of you, whether you're in a manufacturing business or a service business like ours, will also take that uh, same similar route through EcoValues. So that's about it for now, I think. Um, uh, I know that you're all busy tying up loose ends and your business agenda remains fuller than usual as everybody tries to complete stuff by December 31st. I personally wonder whether what makes us believe it's absolutely necessary to get everything done by the 31st. But, you know, there are bonuses and next year's budgets to worry about. So I do understand. So thank you for listening today. I think it's reasonable to think that uh, you may not want to take the time to listen to us in the next couple of weeks. Your priorities may well be elsewhere and hopefully with families if you're celebrating. So in all recognition, I'd like to just wish you all a peaceful, relaxing year end, wherever in the world you are, whatever culture you're using to celebrate the end of the year and see you and hear you hopefully in the new year. Best wishes to you all.